Blog Talk Radio. Sixers Report with your hosts, Jeff McMiniman and Michael Kasky Blomane. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 76ers Report. I'm your host, Jeff McMiniman, and I'm joined as always by Sixers Insider for 97.3 ESPN, Michael Kasky Blomane. Make sure that you know you go out and subscribe to our podcast on the app Stitcher as well as iTunes. And you can also follow myself at Sixers Blog on Twitter or Mike at the Real Mike KB. And you know, lots and lots of Sixers talk to get to here. So you know, I'll just go right ahead with it. Sixers Media Day got underway on Monday. Mike, you were down there to cover it, and you know, were among that large media contingent at the new Sixers practice practice facility in Camden. Uh, you know, I've never gotten the chance to go down there myself. Uh, Mike, what was, you know, your overall impression of both the practice facility and, you know, media day in general compared to years past? Hey, Jeff. Well, first, uh, I just want to say it's definitely good to be back on another 76ers report here and one with, uh, you know, actual basketball to talk about with the season approaching. I think (laughs) we're both uh, probably pretty excited about, uh, you know, the fact the preseason starts in less than a week and, you know, which obviously means that the regular season is right uh, right around the corner. So it's obviously a, a pretty exciting time. But, uh, yeah, media day on Monday was uh, it was definitely different than, than the past couple of years. There was, uh, I think, a little more of a turnout. Uh, a few more national um, national writers were there than uh, I think in years past. But, uh, yeah, it was the first time that I had been down to, to the new training complex and, uh, you know, right off the my, – my first impression was uh, I was just impressed in general. You know, I think you I had pretty high expectations for what it was after following its construction and hearing, um, you know, about it and seeing some photos of it. But seeing it in person, uh, it, it was – it it was just everything that you really expected it to be. I mean, it was a beautiful facility and it was one that really would be conducive to uh, players. You know, the, the high school basketball player and me, it was definitely kind of came out. It was, it had like everything you need there. Um, two full courts, uh, you know, like beautiful new hardwood, um, you know, weightlifting facility pools, uh, you know, a, a lunch area, really just like everything that you could possibly want right there. A couple uh couple of national writers that I was talking to throughout the day, both, you know, they, they all said that it it would be a, you know, a real, a real bonus for the Sixers moving forward as far as free agency and just the credibility of the, uh, you know, of the team to take a step from the PCOM gym, um, you know, for, for training camp and practice and whatnot to, uh, you know, go from 
from that gym on, on City Ave to this, you know, this <laughs> complex over in Camden, it's it's a real great, it's a you know, a big step up for the organization, and uh, I think it will really, it's something that'll resonate with the players. I think it, it's very of a very player centric building, um, you know, everything that I think they that they thought that the players would need or would possibly want is is incorporated in there. I think in one way or another. Um, from what I was able to see, at least, and it was definitely a you know an impressive an impressive complex, and I think it'll uh, you know it's a great timing too with you know the team basically you know kind of starting to turn the corner now with a lot of young talent and things finally starting to fall into place a little bit and starting to look up. I think it's the the timing of of the the complex opening up is great too, um, and I think it'll, it'll really just be a, an advantage for the organization moving forward. Yeah, you know, obviously I've been out there in years past to to cover the same event at PCOM, and that's pretty much like a high school gym, uh, you know, out there on the St. Joe's campus. So I'm sure that this state-of-the-art facility is a breath of fresh air, not only to, you know, the players, but just the organization as a whole. Um, so, you know, you got to give credit to, you know, the management there putting that all together. Um, yeah, maybe a, one of the gripes from the players is their commute's a, a little tough now to get to practice. You know, I'm sure I, Alan Iverson wouldn't like it very much, uh, you know, trying to get to <laughs> practice down 76 uh, to that facility in Camden. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much of a, you know, gripe that is for the players now. I, I feel like a lot of them live in Center City anyway at this point. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean – the biggest news to come out of media day was Nerland's Noel's words, you know, up at the podium. He stated that, you know, the Sixers have a log jam at center where it seems like, you know, someone must be moved in order for it to work. You know, obviously this is nothing new to everyone who's been covering the team over the past year, but, you know, were you kind of surprised that Noel was so candid just, you know, the first day of, kind of the new era of Sixers basketball and he comes out and says something like this. Uh, absolutely. It, it was surprising. I can't say that it wasn't, especially coming from Noel, who has been, you know, relatively quiet uh, media wise during his, you know, his first three seasons here in Philly. Um, you know, you, he, he's always been, you know, forthcoming and talkative with media, but you can't think of anything that really, you know, sticks out. He's never really, you know, said anything, um, you know, out of the ordinary during his first three seasons. So to hear him, I mean, it, it, the writing was kind of on the wall. Basically, what he had, what he had said with his actions over the summer, whether it was you know taking the Sixers stuff off his Twitter page or tweeting stuff about Boston or just kind of generally being away from the team. It, it, it seemed like when a lot of the other guys, you know, specifically Joel, um, jo- Jalil, and Ben, seemed to be you know, kind of bonding, spending time together. Nerlens was really, uh, you know, he was kind of MIA for a lot of the summer. And I think that, you know, at least by some, it was an it- interpreted as a message that he, you know, kind of felt, um, you know, part, you know, wasn't really seeing eye to eye with the team and, and what was going on. And he basically just confirmed that on Monday. I think he, he kind of came into media day with, with an agenda, uh, you know, not necessarily in a selfish way, but, he, you know, he, he pulled no punches. He basically said, you know, what, what you said, he said, he flat out, um, you know, you're, you almost at this point, it's not necessarily a good thing, but you're almost used to athletes being so, you know, PR trained with, with answers that you don't necessarily expect them to come, uh, you know, straightforward with their genuine feelings for a question 
like that to Noel when he was asked whether he thought it could work. He basically just flat out said no. Um, you know, he doesn't see how it can work. He doesn't basically understand why something wasn't done yet. And, uh, you know, he doesn't understand why why they're kind of waiting. Uh, you know, right before Noel had came up and talked about an hour before that, Brian Colangelo had, uh, you know, addressed the media members, and he basically said that he wasn't in no rush to uh, to make a move with either, you know, any of his big guys. He didn't feel like he was op- operating against any sort of a deadline to make a move. And, uh, you know, he, he pretty much said that the, the Sixers were kind of using a, a wait-and-see approach. You know, obviously Embiid is on restrictions coming in, into the season now for the first time. Uh, you know, Okafor is coming off of a, a, a surgery of his own with his knee, and he's going to be, you know, he's limited right now in training camp and going forward. So, I think they're they're employing a kind of a wait and see approach is what Brian Colangelo said, and then Nerlens basically an hour later said that he just didn't understand that, and he you know basically he said that everyone knows that something needs to get made, you know a move needs to get made, and it should happen sooner than later. So you know it was definitely surprising. The mood in the room was uh, certainly different when he came to the mm-hmm. podium. Everyone else that uh, you know that talked was pretty. Uh, you know, pretty optimistic, pretty like jubilant and excited. Obviously, uh, Joel especially is always, uh, you know, he he's an excellent uh, guy to talk to. He was up there for 25 minutes, and it was very, uh, you know, upbeat and joking and, and pet, like optimistic. And then Nerlens came in, and it was, uh, you know, the the mood kind of just switched. And he, uh, you know, he didn't talk as long as the other players. He only spoke for about five or six minutes before, uh, you know, the PR staff cut him off. So it was definitely. Uh, it was definitely a, a strange atmosphere around Noel when he talked. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's I'm not going to say it's like casting a dark cloud over camp. Cause I think there's a, a lot of positivity going on with the team, especially compared to years past. There's a lot of, you know, good things going on and things to be excited about, but uh, you know, it's obviously something that will need to be dealt with in the, you know, in the, the short term future. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about his Twitter feed, how that's kind of been a, a weird situation all summer. Um, and then, you know, whether or not this was kind of another shot at the team, I don't, I don't think it really was, but, you know, he changed his hairstyle to kind of what they've been advertising him with, with the, the flat top to more of those like short dreadlocks. He wasn't wearing the Sixers uh, t-shirt or Jersey, anything up at the podium. It was the uh, NBA PA shirt. Uh, but, you know, how was just his overall body language, in your opinion, you know, walking up to the podium, at the podium, and you said, like, Preston even cut him short? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't lie. It, it did not come off as, you know, very positive or very good to me, his body, especially compared to some of the other players on the team. Uh, you know, his overall demeanor and, you know, his answers to a lot of the questions kind of just came off as a guy that, was kind of just over the situation. He, you know, he almost jaded. He felt, it seemed like he felt at this point. And, you know, he, he spoke about how much he's been through with the Sixers and how, how much losing. And, you know, he doesn't know how much more he can go through. Uh, you know, and that's just, he's only been in the league for three years. And it, it really came off as a guy that's kind of just over his current situation. Uh, not, I'm not saying it's to the point that, you know, it couldn't be fixed let's say if it ended up being that Okafor was the one to be traded and, and Nerland stayed I don't think it would be you know an, an irreversible or an unfixable situation but uh you know f- for the time being it definitely seems like he's not 
you know, he's not happy with the situation. And, and others, you know, basically admitted as much. Elton Brand spoke, uh, you know, immediate day about how he, you know, personally talked to Nerland and kind of tried to tell him to not be an outsider from the group and to just be involved and, to, you know, worry mm-hmm. about what he could control and let, you know, let things just fall as they would. He, he you know, explained that to us before Nerland spoke. And then, you know, Nerland came up and, it, like I said, it just kind of seemed like he was not a, not exceptionally happy with with the situation, and he made it pretty clear with uh you know his demeanor as a whole. And you know what other takeaways did you kind of take from that, um you know media day overall? What was it like you know watching the team scrimmage and you know a lot of new faces out there that that you know nobody's seen play together uh, with uh, Sergio Rodriguez, Dario Saric, Ben Simmons, you know all of those guys kind of playing together for the first time. Was that very cool to see in person? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just, you know, especially coming off the heels of what, what the past few years have been like, uh, you know, the main, one of the main other takeaways other than the, the Nerland situation that um, I know, I, you know, I, I took from media day, I think I, I tweeted something along about it was that there's just a lot of positivity and I feel like, the whole vibe around the team is just different than than it's been in the past couple of years. I think, uh, you know, the the team itself has, you know, there's just more talent, more like a, a veteran presence and more guys that have, you know, just higher expectations for themselves in the league. They're not necessarily just fighting to make it in the league. They're maybe they've already been, you know, accomplished or they're guys with high expectations to accomplish something. So I think, uh, they're they're all kind of feeding off each other. There's and you know no one knows exactly what to expect. There's so many new parts, uh, you know, between these, uh, you know, all the new players on the team. It's going to be you know ten almost different guys playing together this year that didn't necessarily play together at all last year. So it's not like it's going to be immediately you know the team that's out there winning a, a ton of games. But I think at least from the the small about, uh, amount of scrimmaging that I was able to see and just listening to all the guys talk. I think it'll be fun. I, I, you know, I think the guys are excited to kind of feel, get a feel for each other and, you know, learn how to play with each other, especially some of the core guys, obviously, uh, you know, Joel and Ben and, uh, you know, Ja, I think those guys are really excited to kind of just get out there and start developing some chemistry together and seeing really like where that kind of takes the team. So you got to see a few guys in person who have been you know, from all accounts, working tirelessly in the off season, uh, Ben Simmons, Joe, sorry, Joe Lucifer, and Joel Embiid. You know, all three of them have said to just be getting you know huge in the off season. I, I think Okafor and Simmons said they both put on you know 30 pounds of muscle here in the off season. Was that you know noticeable to you just seeing them up in, up close in person? Yeah, absolutely. You could tell uh, with with both of them, honestly, you could tell that they've been in the gym. I mean, Simmons, the last time, uh, actually, I, I saw him at uh, the Beach Bash, but not. I didn't really get to get too close to him there. We, we were broadcasting. I, I didn't really see him up close and personal. So before that, the last time that I was to him was on draft night, and uh, absolutely, you could tell that he was more filled out and just like bulkier um, than he was on draft night. He he said on Monday that he gained. He's gained 33 pounds of muscle since, uh, you know, his pre-draft um, self since, you know, so it's probably about April, May, 33 pounds of muscle um, since then. He said 
he's been working out basically twice a day and just, you know, watching what he's been eating. And I think, uh, you know, it's definitely paid off. I think he, it's added a little bit of confidence to to him that even maybe he didn't have in, in summer league, as far as being able to bang a little bit better in the paint, he spoke of, uh, you know, being able to take contact and get to the line, how that'll be important for him this season. I think, um, you know, adding that, that muscle mass was kind of preparation for that. And the same goes for Joel, who, you know, every time that you see him, he just seems like he's a little bit bigger, either taller or, or you know, stronger wise. And, you know, he's just a big, a big man, uh, uh, you know, seven, two, I think he's what, what he's listed at now with his hair, uh, growing out like it is, it's probably at least seven, three, seven, four. And then he's, uh, you know, at least from what I've seen since he's been drafted, he looks to be in the best, like, physical shape of his life. He looks, you know, super jacked up, pretty pretty trim. I think he said Monday that he wouldn't mind dropping a couple more pounds, but he's, you know, pretty close to where he would like to be at. So, you know, uh, both of those guys, and Ben, you know, Ben especially, since he has no restrictions like Joel does, I know they've been working, you know, extremely hard in the weight room. Uh, there's a very nice uh, weight area in that new facility in Camden that, uh, you know, the players have been taking advantage of. So, uh, you know, I expect conditioning to be just like it was when Sam was here. Um, I, I think conditioning will be a huge part of what the team does. Uh, you know, Brett uh, uh, obviously always places a high emphasis on the team being able to get up and down and just be in shape and generally, you know, be one of the better conditioned teams in the league. So I think that, uh that plays into it and it'll be a big part of it this season too. Yeah. And I mean, Joel indeed practiced before the media session, right. With the team. Um, but, you know, what did you think of just his overall, you know, attitude and, um, you know, confidence and, you know, what just impressed you the most about, you know, seeing him out there uh, for media day? He just has a, you know, like a, he just gives off like a, a confident vibe to the game. His, uh, he has a good IQ for the game that I think has definitely grown over the past two years. He's, you know, he's been forced to just watch so many games from the sideline. And, and he even said that it's funny, like he hasn't played in two years, but he's gotten way better as a player in in those two years, which, you know, kind of sounds counterintuitive, but um, you know, he's just been able to work on different like aspects of his game, like very extensively that he wouldn't have been able to work on so extensively if he were, you know, in the swing of the season. So, it, you know, his footwork and keep in mind, he, he's definitely rusty. Uh, the, the very little I was able to see, he was, uh, you know, he, he was still a little bit rusty, uh, not necessarily like the quickest guy out there. Uh, mechanics were a little bit slow to come, but um, you could definitely see that there's just like an intelligence there and, you know, the size and athleticism is off the charts. Uh, so I think, you know, it's, you know, as as it has been, it, it comes down to if he's able to stay healthy. But from, you know, what what I was able to see and then what I've, you know, what's been reported through training camp at Stockton, he's been, you know, basically is, is what you would expect, rusty, but showed, you know, showed early signs of how good he could possibly be. So, uh, you know, I think it's very positive right now. There's no no one that's, like, kind of going back and saying, well, maybe he won't be quite that good. It's still, if he can be healthy, he has the potential to be, you know, an all-star caliber, you know, franchise player. Once again, this is the 76ers Report. I'm your host, Jeff McMenamin, alongside Michael Kasky blomain And um, one of the, I guess, smaller stories uh, came out you know, the other day was 
The Sixers are said to have interest in point guard Norris Cole. Uh, this is a name we've seen pop up in Sixers conversations several times now over you know the past few seasons here. Do you believe uh, there's any real interest here, Mike, or is this you know another rumor at this point in your mind? Uh, I mean, there might be a little bit of, um, you know, actuality to to it, but I don't know if, at this point if they would end up pursuing him. I mean, it, it does make some sense, especially as, uh, you know, a guy to compliment Ben Simmons. Norris Cole is, uh, you know, a, a pretty pretty good three-point shooter. He did that a lot in Miami when, when LeBron was down there. Um, so he's a guy that could, you know, kind of play both roles. Uh, he could run run the uh, offense as a point guard, but he could also play off ball if, you know, the the offense was running through Simmons and he could be a spot-up guy. So it makes sense in that regard. But, uh, you know, I, I would be a little surprised if they did that. I think, you know, between Jared Bayless and Sergio Rodriguez, who I think will, uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy that I think will surprise some people this year. Maybe not so much people in Philly that were kind of paying attention to him over the Olympics and are a little bit high on him. But he was a guy that was, you know, an, an NBA caliber talent back in the day that, that really made the choice himself to leave the NBA and play overseas. But it wasn't a matter of skill. I think, you know, he's a guy that will fit in a lot really nicely with some of these Sixers bigs. Uh, he can, you know, shoot and definitely has really good court vision, um, even from the little bit that I was able to see with, you know, the team so far. I think, you know, between him and Jared Bayless and, you know, probably T.J. McConnell if, if he ends up being the third guard. I think the Sixers are okay at point guard, you know, heading into the season. I don't know exactly who they would, you know, issue in favor of Norris Cole. But like I said, it, it, it makes sense, uh, you know, why they would be interested in him. So there might have been some truth to it, but I would probably be, uh, you know, pretty surprised if anything happened right now. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like, I mean, not only this off season here, but uh, nearly, you know, every off season the past few years, point guard's kind of been one of the most, you know, competitive slash, you know, question marks on the roster, uh, you know, how they're going to start the season, who's going to be, you know, that, that starter at point guard. Um, you know, what did you see out of, you know, Sergio and Jared Bayless kind of leading the offense? And did you see, you know, Ben Simmons also running the point at times? Yeah, uh, you know, Simmons kind of did a lot of what he did in, in summer league. He wouldn't necessarily bring the ball up, but a lot of times he would get it on the wing and kind of either take it to the, you know, the middle of the paint or the top of the key and run some offense through there. Uh, my my early indication is that I think Jared Bayless will be the, uh, you know, the official start of the season. Um, and I think they'll, it'll kind of be split. I mean, obviously the, the game itself and what, you know, the tempo of the game will dictate, uh, you know, what happens if, if Ben gets a rebound on the defensive end, he has the skill set that he doesn't need to, you know, turn around and find Jared, which is exactly why they're looking for point guards, kind of like, like a Norris Cole for situations like that. So, you know, he, he has the ability to get a defensive rebound and ignite a fast break without having to stop and look for the point guard. And in that situation, the point guard needs to be able to, you know, spread the floor, get to an open spot on the perimeter and knock down a shot. And I think, uh, you know, both Jared and Sergio can do that. I think Brett, mentioned something um, at the uh, the media luncheon that uh, Jared was probably going to be the guy to start the season. And that that's what it looked like from the scrimmages, I think. 
he'll probably be the starting guard and they'll end up splitting, you know, depending on the particular play, he'll either, you know, have traditional point guard duties and they'll do some off ball action for Ben and, and, you know, the rest of the big guys, or there'll be other plays where he'll be spotting it, spotting up off the ball and the offense kind of runs through Ben. Uh, you know, I think eventually we, we all get the impression that they, they want Ben to be the primary you know, playmaker, you know, a la Magic Johnson. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, you know, right off top rookie year. I don't think they're just going to drop the ball in his hand and say, all right, you're our point guard. So, uh, you know, I think both Jared and Sergio will split that duty and get, you know, a decent amount of time throughout the season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you you look at that situation and Jared Bayless seems to be kind of the, I guess, more valued guy. Uh, when the when the Sixers brought him in, you know they gave him a a pretty nice contract to bring him over, and um, you know Sergio definitely has the experience and has the talent. We saw what he could do for uh, staying in the Olympics, but um, yeah, you know, like you said, it could be kind of a situational thing with the two. Um, you know, kind of let them run it, see how they react to you know game situations and. Um, it's kind of a replaceable situation, but obviously, you know, Jared Bayless gives you a better shooting touch um, career-wise. So, you know, if you are looking for that guy that can drive and uh, kick and also, you know, be valuable on the wing, that's going to be Jared Bayless. Um, But I think it is kind of telling that, you know, Norris Cole is kind of rumored um, to be an involvement in some kind of deal with the Sixers because, you know, T.J. McConnell, it it just seems like during all the the offseason, he's kind of been one of those fringe guys that you don't really know whether or not he's going to be on the roster to start the season. Um, Do you think that they will start the season with three-point guards? And, you know, do you think T.J. McConnell is probably his time to uh, you know, get cut here. You know, man, that's that's a great question. And the signing of Elton Brand uh, a couple weeks ago, and the fact that he's you know in in training camp now adds a little bit of, I guess, intrigue to that question. Um, you know, he's he's not guaranteed a roster spot on the 15 man roster, and he he even talked about on Monday that he was you know going into this this opportunity knowing that he was basically competing for a spot. But if he were to make the the roster, which I would have to assume is at least you know a possibility if they were going to bring him back, uh, you know you would have to wonder what you know whose spot he would take in that situation. You know which guy would end up losing us. There's a couple names that come in, but uh, you know the the question of if they would want to have two or three point guards on the roster to start the season would probably impact that. Uh, I, I think that if I had to pick right now, I would assume that they would like to have three uh to start the season i I know they did the past couple years they've had three um i I think the depth chart would probably be uh you know jared sergio and then tj um you know brett uh, it was pretty fun to tj obviously after last year um i think he surprised a lot of a lot of people myself included i i was one of the ones that didn't see him getting uh you know getting through training camp let alone sticking out on the roster for the entire year so you know hats off to him if you know if he's able to continue uh you know i think eventually his uh you know his sixers run is going to probably come to an end you know as the team continues to get better and build back into a contender 
But uh, for the time being, if I had uh, you know, if I had to guess, I would say that he will be uh, on the 15-man roster. I think he'll be that that third point guard that uh, you know they'll they'll have at least to start the season. So the Sixers will start their first preseason game against uh, the Boston Celtics on Tuesday. Uh, reports out of training camp, you know, mixed reviews of how Joel Embiid's been reacting um, to you know playing kind of his first real scrimmaging five-on-five for, you know, the past two years here. Um, You know, do you think we'll be seeing Joel's first professional game Tuesday night, or do you think they'll wait a little bit longer here, get him, you know, more well-adjusted before playing him? Yeah, I do. I think we're going to see him next next Tuesday against the Celtics. He thinks so. Uh, Also, he, he said that he expects to go. Um, and I think, you know, I think at this point, it, it's been two years. He's been held back. I think that they can't really hold him back anymore. He's itching to, to get out there. Um, you know, Brian Colangelo and Brett and Joel all all spoke of restrictions that he's going to have. He's, he's definitely going to be limited this season, um, you know, in how much he plays and in how many games he plays. But uh, I do think they're going to, you know, try to get him out in the preseason a little bit and try to get his – you know, you know, just get it, get him used to the the pace and everything of re- NBA basketball. I mean, it's one, it's hard enough to you know get back into the swing of things of playing ball when you've been sidelined with injuries for two years, let alone when you're you know making a jump from one, basically you know high school to one year of college to professional ball. I think it'll definitely take him a little while to get acclimated to things, and I think they, uh, you know, from what I was able to gather at, at media day it seems like they want to get his feet wet in, in the preseason a little bit so I'm guessing I think he will play that Tuesday game and then probably not the next one and maybe you know a couple after that and then once the season starts it seems like he won't be playing uh, any back-to-backs and he'll probably have a, a minute restriction on the nights that he does play. What players do you think you know will be sitting for the Sixers Tuesday night? Um... You know, would would that be the Nerlens Noels and Jalil Okafor's of the team, in your opinion? Uh, it's tough to tell. I can see Okafor not playing on Tuesday just because of uh, you know the injury situation. He's been uh, right. limited at camp yeah. over the past couple of days. Um, you know, he's still getting back from that, and I know that they don't want to rush him into it. Nerlens, I do expect to play. Uh, he's actually. Um, you know the the one big him and Rashawn Holmes are really the, the two out of the four right now that don't have any restrictions. Obviously, Joel is limited and Jalil is coming back, so I expect Nerlens actually to get uh, you know a pretty decent burn during the the preseason and maybe even early on in the regular season as you know Okafor kind of works his way back uh, in in the shape and in the being ready to play you know long stretches and as Joel still has his restrictions. Um, Brian Colangelo spoke specifically about Rashawn Holmes also and how, uh, you know, the team is really impressed and, and happy with his progress and his development since his rookie year. Uh, you know, I think you and I were both pretty big fans of uh, Rashawn last year. And at least, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he, he showed some flashes definitely at, at times throughout the season. 
So I think, uh, you know, I think he his continued development this summer is kind of something that it might be flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, you know, he was obviously already extremely athletic, you know, played super hard, a really good offensive rebounder and finisher. He, uh, you know, I think he's been working on his shot and just, uh, you know, his, his game in general a little bit. And I think he'll be a guy that is, uh, you know, will be a, a decent contributor for the team off the bench this season. So I think those two, him and Nerlens, will play pretty much uh, a good amount early on. And otherwise, uh, I think everyone uh, will probably get some burn. There's no, uh, there's no other real injury issues on the team. Everyone's, you know, eager to get out there and try to get the chemistry going. So, uh, you know, for me, I think it'll be interesting to see what Brett rolls out with as the, uh, you know, the starting lineup. Not that it would necessarily be the same starting lineup that he uses in the regular season, but just to see, uh, you know, what he throws out there first next Tuesday will be interesting. Yeah, and you talked about how how Brian kind of lauded. Rashawn Holmes, uh, a name that we haven't really heard too much about in the offseason is Jeremy Grant, surprisingly. Uh, I feel like last offseason, he was one of the names, you know, on everyone's radar, a lot expected from him. And uh, that's kind of dropped off in in this offseason. Is he a guy who has much to prove in this preseason um, in order to earn a roster spot at this point? Yeah, that's a great point, Jeff. I, I think he does. I think he's kind of almost like the, the forgotten man. Like you said, I remember last summer when we, uh, you know, the Sixers fan base in general had a lot less to be excited about. Um, and they were kind of, you know, scraping for positives for the upcoming season. I, I did a piece on Jeremy Grant and, you know, how he was, uh, you know, a guy for the Sixers that could really develop into something. And I think he's still kind of plagued by his skill set and, you know, a, a position uh, situation, whether or not he's better suited to be a, you know, a three or a four. I think that kind of hurts him a little bit. And then just the, uh, you know, the sheer amount of other forwards on the team, uh, you know, with a, a little bit more potential, I guess you could say, I think has kind of hurt him too. Obviously since he was drafted, they've added, you know, Dario's come over, they've drafted Ben, um, you know, Jalil, so I think there's kind of uh, he kind of falls into the the logjam, although he doesn't necessarily play center. Um, you know, it, he definitely falls into that big man logjam where there's not necessarily enough minutes to go around for all of those guys. And you know, if he can't really play the three, his shot is uh, you know I guess inconsistent to say the least. His uh, three point shot that kind of just makes him sort of question mark as to where and when exactly he's going to play. So I do think he has something to prove. Uh, not as far as staying in the league. He's a super talented player, super athletic, yeah. but uh, he might, you know, he might kind of just be a casualty of the, you know, the, the current, the way the roster is currently constructed, kind of just getting squeezed out, not really having a role on the team as it is, you know, right now. Another guy on the team, uh, you know, Darius Sarge, obviously another guy who's kind of, you know, do you know if he's going to play a three? Do you know if he's going to play a four? It's kind of still up in the air at the moment. Um, he did scrimmage at the three on media day. Um, do you think that, you know, this is something that the Sixers are really trying to do is, you know, groom him to play three for this team? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know about full time. I think it'll kind of be like a, a wait and see approach, but that, that's the idea I got. But I think they really would like if he developed into a, you know, a guy that could play the three consistently, I think it would work well with the team, especially with, 
you know, him playing with Ben Simmons, um, you know, his shot has looked good from what I was able to see and, and other clips that I've seen. It's definitely, uh, you know, he looks like he's growing and improving as a guy that can space the floor, which will obviously help if he, you know, does uh, play a lot of the three. Um, you know, he was asked about that specifically on media day, and he didn't exactly know, you know, where he would play the bulk of his minutes. He basically just said he would play wherever coach wanted him to, which is, you know, obviously the right attitude to have. But uh, I think it, they, they would like it if they, that's a guy that they could use at the three with his size and, you know, the the depth that they have already at the four. If, you know, if they were confident and comfortable with him playing the three and they could have a lineup of, you know, him at the three as a guy that could stretch the floor with, uh, you know, Ben Simmons and, and Joel at the five and then, a, you know, a, a one and two, I think that's something that they would really like to do. So I think they will, they'll, we'll see looks from him, I think, at both uh, forward positions, but uh, maybe he's leaning a little bit more toward the three, yeah. And, uh, you know, based on that kind of media session there, uh, that media scrimmage, um, is the starting five a little bit clearer in your mind now? You know, if you had to pick five to start the season with, um, you know, do do you think the Sixers have an idea of where they're leaning to now? Yeah, I do. I think the biggest question, at least for me, is going to – it will just be if they – you know, what they want to do with Joel to start the season, whether they want to put him out as a starting center right off top or if they're going to, you know, kind of bring him off the bench to, to start the season. I think that's my biggest question. Uh, you know, otherwise I could be wrong, but I think the, the starting lineup's close to set. Uh, if, if You know, if I had to put it down right now, I think they'll be going with, uh, I think Jared Bayless will be the one, um, Gerald Henderson at the two, Covington will be the three, uh, Ben at four, and then, you know, whoever, maybe Nerlens to start the season at the five, just, you know, due to the, the injuries with Jalil and Joel. But uh, that, that's my guess. I think that it's a nice mix of, you know, you get Ben a couple of veterans to play with for the bulk of the minutes and, uh, you know, Jared Bayless and Gerald Henderson. And then, you, you know, a couple other young guys like uh, Covington and whether it be Joel or Nerlens on him, I think it's a nice mix. And then, you know, the same thing will happen with the second unit. You get to bring, you know, Dario in with, uh, you know, Jalil and whoever else. I think it's uh, – at least that's the approach they'll take. I think they want to – they're not going to, you know, roll out five, uh, you know, all five of the new guys at the same time. I think they definitely want to intermix some of the, the more veteran players together. So, you know, that could definitely change. Uh, there will probably be some battles at training camp, uh, you know, that could change if they're blown away by Sergio – um, throughout camp or somebody on the wing, but I, I think Sergio or I think Jared and um, you know Jared and Gerald and Covington and Ben will be the uh, the four guys that they go with to start the season. Now I know that they played uh, Robert Covington and Darius Sarge um, together a lot during that you know media session. Do you think that was more to kind of showcase those two to the media? Or was that uh, just kind of their plan there? Yeah, I think it was yeah, sort of a showcase, kind of just a little bit of an experimentation. Uh, you know, I think Brett obviously will be experimenting with different lineups throughout the season, uh, at least early on. I don't think that they'll necessarily have, you know, one starting lineup that they, that they have from the opening night that they'll stick with going forward. They'll probably mix it up. Um, 
a little bit. And they, you know, at that point, uh, media day on Monday, and even now um, through three days of camp, they don't know, you know, they, they still have to get an idea of how some of these players play with each other. Um, you know, you, when you think about Ben, uh, Joel, Dario, and then Dario, excuse me, and then obviously, uh, you know, the guys they brought in, Sergio, Gerald, Jared, uh, you know, that's a lot of players that have never played with the other players on the team. And I think they kind of need to get an idea just of how they, they gel together, um, you know, moving forward. So it'll probably be some change in pieces early on, I would guess. Well, thanks again for, you know, tuning into another edition of the 76ers report. Uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on the, you know, first Sixers preseason game on Tuesday night against Boston. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep you up to date with all the latest Sixers topics throughout the preseason. So uh, make sure you, you know, look out for this podcast when it comes up, as well as, you know, all the future ones during the preseason here. But, you know, once again, thanks for coming on, Mike, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yes, sir. Man, it was real cool in school if we got good grades. I trade up A's, the parents were taking to a 76 game. I got my game and there ain't no shame. Big shots of Mo Cheeks and Moses Malone. Julius Serva called Philly is home. Bobby Jones, Dad was talking, Dennis Tony sinking freeze. Rocky Bobbo will come from South Philly. But if you want to make it on time to the show, there's only one road that you really have to know. So get to Fishtown without all that job. I suggest that you drive on I 95. Wanna get downtown, but fit in the fix. Get on that road, they call 676, the most expensive, expensive piece of interstate they ever made. The fellas ain't famous, but they got your game. Getting on, getting on, 76 Travel by me, this Larry Bird.